Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I'm so excited. We have a returning guest. We have Rachel Lindsay, author of Miss Me With That. Uh, Rachel, there's no Orange County Housewives on this week. So you and I, we're going to break down some Housewives stuff that's going on. I know you're caught up. And then I want to talk about your book. First of all, how are you? I Thank you so much for asking. It is a pleasure to be back. You know, I am an avid listener. I'm an avid fan of the show. So I feel like I'm caught up with you. But um, I'm good. I'm really good. You know, the book is out now, which is equally terrifying and exciting at the same time. So I've gotten no sleep this week, received no okay. sleep. But and I want to know, like, our pe- people must be reaching out. And and it was really good. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. It was even better than I expected. And I think my my bar was high for you because I know you're brilliant and I was expecting it to be good, but it really blew me away. And so I'd imagine you're hearing from a lot of people. And how is that feeling now that people are getting it in their hands? It's really good. I I told myself, and you'll go through this too, when you release your book, I'm like, I'm not going to read anything. I don't want to know. I don't know if I can handle it. It's just enough to put yourself out there and be so vulnerable in, in a way people have never seen from you before. But the reception has been really, really good. And I think a lot of people thought this book is going to just be a bachelor tell-all because that's what a lot of bachelor people write about. Now, is there bachelor tea in it? Of course, of course, because that's part of my journey and I have to talk about that. But what I really wanted people to understand is me. You see me so put together, you see me strong, and I wanted to break down those walls for people to understand how I got to be the person that I am today, how I got to the show, the struggles that I had, the hot mess that I was in my 20s, all of my 20s. And I wanted people to walk away and say, wow, I didn't really know Rachel before, but now I get to know her. But then I also wanted them to relate to me through some of my experiences because the bachelorette is not relatable. It's not at all. Right. Well, there was this, uh, I don't want to give too much away from the book, but there was this moment where you were talking about uh, you're from Dallas and you had a lot of country music CDs and you sort of let go of the country music CDs and, you know, opened up yourself to this new music. And I, that like, to me was such a, it's such a weird specific thing, but I related to that as a gay man too, of like, you know, shedding that sort of skin you're in and the things that you like. And I always think pop culture is the great unifier, but uh, oftentimes when you're not living authentically, you embrace pop culture that maybe, uh, or you ignore certain pop culture and you embrace other pop cultures. I related to that incredibly. It was, it was beautiful and touching. Yes. My, my sister, I'm glad you related to my sister laughs about that story to this day, because she is the one who took me to the CD store to trade in my CDs, which totally dates me. But that story was so important because people see me now and they're like, wow, she is together. She knows who she is. But that essay is about me struggling with identity and not being accepted by one group and having to conform and water myself down for another group. And so when I, yes, when I'm turning in those CDs, I am shedding one thing, even though I still love 90s country music. I just want to put that out there. 
but I was opening myself up to something new and, and I was proud of it and I wasn't ashamed. And so, yes, it's very, it's a very symbolic moment. Well, I'm so excited for people to read it and I'm so proud and it, it really is wonderful. So I hope everyone checks it out and it's got the juicy reality TV stuff we all really want. Of course. Yeah. Um, Rachel, I want to dive into some Bravo hot topics. Um, so much wait, actually, I wait, I'm backing up though. You were on The View yesterday. You know how much I love The View. And would you do that? Would you do it full time? Co-host? I would totally do The View. Yeah, you should do it. I, I, but there's not a space for me. You know, as a fan of The View, there's not a space because I'm not, I'm not conservative enough. I'm too liberal. But I sort of have this theory that they don't necessarily need a super conservative person. I think they just need someone who is going to come in with an opinion and not be afraid to speak it because I think they're getting caught up in this idea of like, we need to find someone super far right. And I do believe that that show thrives when the opinions are varied, but I think they maybe should start exploring like how the opinions within the group already vary. If that makes sense. That's, I, I, I think there could be a spell. Brian. Tell Brian. I told Brian. <laughs> I told Brian. I was like, you need to hire Rachel. Um, can I just say that Megan McCain did endorse me as well? I, and she's like, I told them to put you on the show. Um, no, it would be, I'm, but I get very nervous. Can I just, I don't get nervous often. I talking about my book. I was terrified just because I'm like you, I'm a super fan of the show. So just the fact that, Hey, there's what be holding my book was a surreal moment. You know, I just, I love them. I, love yeah, I do too. I do too. I think you'd be so great on that show. Uh, okay. Uh, Housewives stuff. So the main story right now is Jenny and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. She was let go. And this was something that they sort of, I felt like they were teasing it in a, in a weird way of like, oh, we're going to announce what's going on. It's going to be addressed. And then it was addressed. Bravo put out a statement on their social media. They said, Bravo has ceased filming with Jenny. Uh, she'll no longer be a cast member. We recognize we failed to take appropriate action once her offensive social media posts were brought to our attention. Moving forward, we will work to improve our process to ensure we make better informed and more thoughtful casting decisions. Now, I think this was the right move, but it's like, it's, it's hard of, it's hard to know A, what their line is and B, of like, when, when we can expect it. Does that make sense? Yes. And did you see what was also trending on Twitter? As that statement was out, Ramona. Ramona. So my question is, okay, Bravo, this is great. And we've seen you do this before. Vanderpump rules. You cleaned house because of actions that, you know, were, were taken on by that, the, the former cast members. But what are you going to do with Ramona? And I think what bothers me, and I definitely will get back to Jenny, but I think what bothers me about Ramona is that they almost refuse to address it. I'm like, mm-hmm. what does Ramona have on this show? Can we, can you at least acknowledge that there is a f- sector of your fan base that is very disappointed and has been offended by several things that Ramona Singer has done? And if you can take such swift action, kind of swift with Jenny, then, <laughs> why, swift. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> then why can you not do that with Ramona? Or someone else, you know, that that might have offended someone. I just, I really don't get the logic behind it. And I'm very curious and I really need to ask Andy Cohen this. Well, and I've heard a lot. There are a lot of people that say, uh, you know, these were mistakes. We should see it addressed on camera. And and my sort of issue with that is like, they've taught us that this is what the line is with those Vanderpump firings or with there was someone from below deck who was edited out of the show. And so I, I sort of feel like felt like that was them teaching the audience, this is our line. Mm-hmm. So 
And then to kind of go back on that, it's like, we're in a weird place of like, well, I thought you wanted us to be vocal and, and say what we will accept or what we're not interested in accepting or, or so on and so forth. And then it gets muddied there. And, and so then to act like, we're a pain in the ass for, for wanting some changes. It's like, well, you taught us to want that change. I don't know. Right. I don't think this is that diff- hard to draw a line in the sand. And, and I think that removing Jenny was the right move. Um, and, and wait, here's my question though, with Jenny, did she delete the, the posts after the public backlash or prior to, and someone found them? From what I understand, I could be getting this wrong, but from what I understand, they were still there as of, you know, a a week or so ago. And they were from 2020, the posts, uh, Mm -hmm. the majority of them. And when Jenny had released a statement, she had said something along lines of, uh, and I don't want to misquote, but something along the lines of, that's why I deleted them over a year ago. But, but from what I understand, the people had found them because they were still up there. And I also believe that, I mean, with all of these reality shows, what's the vetting process? And I don't really know because I'm on the other side of it, but it's like, no one saw any of this stuff. Like it's all, we're all lying to ourselves if we think no one saw any of this stuff, right? Yeah, no, it's interesting because on The Bachelor, you go through a process of, I remember I had to sit down and they said, what social media platforms do you have? What are the names on there? They didn't ask me if I had any prior names or anything like that. It was just, what, what do you currently have? And then I guess they looked at that, but there was an issue on my season with somebody having racist tweets and they allowed them to come on. I personally think that now that I'm removed from the show, I didn't want to believe it at the time, but I really believe they wanted that storyline because Mm -hmm. they couldn't have that before because they didn't have a lead of color. I think a part of me thinks with housewives, maybe they do see some of it and they hope that it comes up and it starts, you know, some type of drama or creates a storyline. I would have liked to seen someone, Jen Shaw, confront Jenny about this, not on social media, but on the show. I would have liked to have seen that. So do you think in this situation, you would have preferred if if Jenny was still there next season, mm-hmm. let's say, and then we have a sit down conversation about it? Well, I don't want to see Jenny now. It's actually right. hard for me to watch now that I know that that's out there. I just can't see her anyway. Mm-hmm any other way. I wish it would have come out during this. I see. That's how I would have seen it. Cause I, I just feel like if, if we, if she comes back next season, I can already tell you exactly what she's going to say. You know, it's obviously you didn't feel a certain way about it because you kept it up for such a long time. Yeah. Um, what else are you not to change, uh, do a swish, a swick. What is the word I'm looking for? A swish switch. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, (laughs) what are you thinking of Salt Lake city other than the Jenny stuff this season? Salt Lake City is so good. It's so good. It's it so is good. To, use, to use a Danny word. It is very unhinged. Yeah. It is. You never know what you're going to expect. And I got to tell you, thank God for Meredith not no longer disengaging. Oh my gosh, oh, let that woman engage. <laughs> I feel bad for Meredith because she. I don't. I think of all the women, she's like the one who wants it the least to be like as unhinged as she's is now. Right. I think she doesn't want to be that and. And I know I've made this comparison on the show, but it reminds me so much of Valerie Cherish of like trying to keep it together, but like all the outside circumstances are making it impossible for Meredith Marks to keep it together. And she has gone through loss and she lost a loved one. And, and there are all this, these things happening. And 
from what I have heard, like the next two weeks on the show are even crazier than anything we've seen because I thought we we had peaked and now we're on the downslope. But people had told me that like, no, the next two weeks are even like more intense. And we see in the coming attractions, there's that Lisa behind the door moment where she calls Meredith a whore or something. <laughs> okay. I did not see that. I have not seen a preview. Oh. I'm just caught up to it. I've not seen the previews, but oh my gosh, I, and this it's, it's such a gift. The show just keeps giving it to us and, and it doesn't seem like they're trying too hard. This just really seems to be how these women are. And I really believe that they're friends. I mean, that they actually hang out with one another that you don't get from other seasons. So I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I think with Meredith, let this be a lesson to everyone. You can't always disengage. You got to talk about your feelings. You got to deal with your emotions because this is the other side of it. And I'm sorry to me. During your bachelor years, was there a moment where you just felt like you were trying so hard to keep it together, but it was impossible? Oh, yeah. There's a moment pretty quickly. um, I think it was like the third episode, which means in real life, it was probably like day five. And I was so upset because I could hear two guys, Lee, the one who ended up having the racist tweets. I didn't know at the time. Um, I could hear him arguing with someone else. And I was like trying to have my little quiet moment on another date, you know, real life. I'm trying to date this man while the other 30 men are in the house. And I could hear them yelling and cursing. And it's, it's so bad. I can't even concentrate. So I turned to my producer and I'm like, I want to go over there and say something. And they were like, absolutely not. You can't do it, which is so frustrating because now you watch the show and they always let the women have like that. Yeah, they want it. Moment. Yeah. And me, they were like, no, they're probably like, you've done enough. You've already done that too many times. So I come back and I said, listen, I don't know what was going on, but I want to send both those guys home. And they wouldn't let me send um, them home because they were like, they're going to go on a two on one. And I was just so frustrated. And I was also frustrated because one of the guys was black and I really liked him. And I just was just like upset with it. And I, you know, had come to find out that a lot of the black men on my season, not all of them, but had never dated a black woman or don't date black women anymore. So it was like, why are you on my season? What's happening here? I just got so frustrated and I broke down and I was like, you have no idea what it's like to be in this chair. You don't know the pressure that I feel uh, being the first black. And I'm like looking around this room. There's nobody black, nobody of color. And they're just staring at me. They don't get it. And I just like broke down completely. I didn't want to talk to my producer. I didn't want to film anymore. It was one of those, like, I just take it off. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. That's sort of my fantasy to have a rip off the mic moment. Not in that, in those terms, but I do want to definitely like storm out of a room and throw a mic pack. Like, If you want to do that right now, I'm more than happy to give you that moment. If you want to just throw it out. We're not a professional set here. This is a, this is a house made of glass right now where all my technology is. The computer's on this table that is going to fall apart any minute. So I can't really storm out of here. Um, have you heard for, I know you're talking as you are talking about the book, you're talking about a lot of this bachelor, bachelor stuff. Have you heard from any of the people that you've been, um, that are addressed in the book since it's been oh, out? It's funny. Nobody's really asked me this other than, have you heard from Chris Harrison? And for talking bachelor world, I still talk to some of my exes. We're still talking bachelor world, but, um, Chris, I have not heard from, and I have not heard since the, Right after the Chris Harrison situation, I did hear from higher ups, but I would say it's been about 
11 months since I've really heard from anyone, even after I got all those death threats and everything. Since the book has come out, I have heard from executive producers and, and higher ups, even on the ABC side, just, just saying congratulations. I can't wait to read your book. Very proud of you. So that's been really, really nice. So I was so mad, like, Rachel. When- trouble for the book? I'm like, no, legal Reddit. Bastard has read yeah. the book. We got to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more from Rachel Lindsay in just a bit. Before I let you go, though, I want to encourage you all to find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can watch this interview on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino. And the number one, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it's on Spotify, Acast, Apple, be sure to click subscribe or follow so you get all the updates of this podcast in your podcast feed. I want to thank you all for listening. You can find all episodes of Everything Iconic at acast.com slash everything iconic. Finally, pre-order my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? It's out March 8th of this year. I'm super excited. You could get all of the Everything Iconic merch at everythingiconic.store. Thank you all so much. We'll be right back. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. When I saw that you were getting all these threats online on social media, I was getting so upset. Like, it's just... I know that the Bachelor Nation fan base can be similar in a lot of ways to the Bravo fan base, but it it seems like even from my experience, little experience, it seems like even more toxic and, and troubling. And, and to know that you were going through that, I just was, I felt so bad. I don't know. How did you deal with it all? I mean, I'm used to getting hate from bachelor nation. Just, I've always been very polarizing. You know, I would say bachelorettes are supposed to be seen and not heard from. And I'm always, you know, talking about, Hey, there needs to be change and we need to be in, um, have inclusivity when it comes to this. And I didn't want it to stop at me. And so I'm constantly, and partly because I can, I was more in a position of power than a contestant had with the lead. I had some leverage. So I wanted to use that for other people to get their stories told. So I'm used to people saying she's complaining. She's always angry, holding me to a completely different standard than they did another lead, a non-black lead, Um, never finding the grace and compassion for me that they seem to have for other people. Totally used to that. Um, but with Chris Harrison's situation, the aftermath, it was it was beyond bachelor nation. 
my name became affiliated with cancel culture. Rachel Lindsay canceled Chris Harrison, which could not be farther from the truth. And so that became too much and it fueled the audience. And it's, it's almost like the audience had calmed down with me and it just brought out that other side of it. And it's just troubling. I mean, it was the breaking point for me where I was just like, I don't want to be affiliated with the franchise anymore. Like, why am I still trying to hold on to this? I have a love for it because Obviously, I'm connected to the show. It changed my life. I met my husband. It gave me an opportunity to speak out on things that I'm passionate about and do things with purpose. But at the same time, is it worth this? And and then I blame the show because they've cultivated this audience for 20 years at this point, playing into them, giving them what they want with storylines and leads and contestants. And the moment they try to change it with me, after my season, they reverted back for three more years and they didn't cast Matt James until they felt the public pressure that most companies and organizations felt in 2020 because there was this racial awakening. Where do you think it stands now in 2022? Like, are they reverting again? Are they getting better? You know, I don't watch the show, so I can't talk about storylines, but I have to acknowledge that it's better because you've had Matt James, you've had Michelle Young, you've had Tasha Adams, all leads of color. Um, I think Michelle was a fantastic bachelorette. She was able to stay true to herself and find love at the end of the day. They've hired a diversity consultant. They have a black woman as an executive producer, all things that people that are fans of the show have pushed for change on camera, change behind the camera. So they've taken steps, even if it is a result of public pressure, I'm still going to acknowledge the fact that positive steps have been taken. I think some people feel like they're going backwards because the pattern used to be you had to be in the top three or four to become the lead, the last three or four standing with the show. For those who don't watch the show that are members of your audience. Well, they started to go away from that. Hannah Brown was like number 10. Katie Thurston was like, I don't know, 12, 13 or something like that. And with Michelle's season, her top four men were black men. And they chose a white man instead. So that has had people say, oh, gosh, are we going right back to where we were before? What happened to the system of you got to pick somebody who's in the top three or four? So I don't know. We'll see. Well, they'll see. I'm not watching. One of the things that sucked about that whole Chris Harrison thing is if I encourage anyone to kind of go back and and watch the origins of that whole thing. And it was something that got picked up by everywhere from the view, the talk, all of these shows were making this a hot topic. And so I think it kind of got regurgitated so many times that people didn't really know exactly what happened initially. And I remember just saying, it's like, man, that fucking sucks for Rachel because you were literally just the interviewer. So calm, cool, and collected it was like, then for you to get uh, just all the heat for it, I was like, if you go back and watch that, she was very much just doing her job. And it wasn't like a gotcha kind of, I almost uh, felt like that people were acting or, or, or thinking maybe without seeing the context of the clip of like that you were doing a gotcha moment or something. And it wasn't that yeah. at all. Yeah. People, I asked the most topical question 
that was related to the franchise in that moment, where if you don't know, there was a contestant who was um, rumored to be the lead or rumored to be the one chosen by Matt James, the lead. And she was eventually. But at the time, it was rumored that she was number one. And these photos popped up of her at an antebellum Old South party. And then Chris in that interview is defending her decision to take that picture and saying we should show grace and understanding. And he's defending it, though, for like 15 minutes. And so I just asked the question. He went on and on and on. Once he went on, I tried to help him. Right. Like, well, Chris, what if I was at that party? Who would I be dressing up as? Didn't didn't take the bait. <laughs> didn't bite it. And so, yeah, you're, you're so right about the origin. It's just that people are like, Rachel took him down. She tricked him. This was a part of her plan to take his job. And it's like, I, I wish I was that you know, I was like some mastermind that that had it all planned out and it went that way. How how could I have ever seen that from that question, this man would no longer be hosting the show after doing it for 19 years? How would I see that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking in my head, my boyfriend said, I absolutely have to ask you about Rihanna because you had interviewed her <laughs> for her Amazon special. And there, everyone says that Rihanna smells amazing. Did do you remember what she smelled like? I it was light. That's okay. all I can tell you. It was like a light, airy type of scent. Okay. And she did smell, and I couldn't even get that close to her because we were still we were still in like COVID times where it was like six feet apart, you know, that kind of thing. Thank goodness I didn't have to wear a mask because she knew who I was, Danny. I still can't get over that. And you guys Not talked for- a little bravo too, didn't you? If I remember I know, correctly. I had to ask her. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I couldn't believe, and you'll get this, right? I'm listening to other people ask her questions and I'm like, how has nobody asked her about Bravo? She's so, you know, um, out there with her opinions and she follows these women, but she listens to my podcast because she's friends with my co-host Van Lathan. And when she said, hey, boo, my voice quivered. Like if you yeah. look, I, I got nervous asking her a question. Like this is Rihanna acknowledging Rihanna. me. And then afterwards she walked away and she's like, I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing. Rihanna? Oh. Rihanna, as I'm... I, I, I got goosebumps. Extra says it's Rihanna, so I need to start getting in the habit of saying Oh my God. Rihanna. There's nothing I would want more than her on this podcast talking about Bravo. Like, it, would there be anything better? Like a whole hour? Just, ah, oh, oh my God. Just, we got to make this happen. We have to I, make it happen. I know. I know. I love her. I worship her, the ground she walks on. Who's the most uh, nervous? It was she, she must have been up there in terms of most nervous to interview because you've interviewed pretty much everyone these days. I was... Very nervous with her. So a lot of my interviews have been over Zoom because as I started with Extra in the height of COVID, I was extremely nervous with her. Who else? Okay, 90s country music. I was nervous to do Tim and Faith. Uh, Tim, sure. Tim McGraw, Faith Talk about royalty, yeah. Yeah, for 1883, I even said something about it. I got very nervous. And then when I saw Sam Elliott, I got nervous all over again just because of who he is. I was nervous. How, for, was he's hot in person? Wait, was he over Zoom, Sam Elliott? Because he's still hot. No, he's like he three hundred years old. He's hot. He so charming. I, okay. I there yeah. is some. It's the voice. It's mm-hmm. the cadence. He looks dead in the eye. He said, "Have we met before?" And I said, "No, but hold on to that. Sure, sure, we have." And House, the cast of House of Gucci. I was oh, yeah. nervous. I just watched that the other night. We watched it. Um, I liked it. It's crazy. Yeah. But I liked it. It is it is crazy that it's real life. My dad um, always said the truth is stranger than fiction. And uh, right. that movie will tell you that. Um, also, now I'm just thinking I went to the Soul to Soul tour like every year. Remember Tim and Faith used to do the Soul to Soul tour? Yeah, they did. I think the 
I, going on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I went with this girl who I thought I was in love with. Her name was Tina, but it turns out like I just wanted to see Tim and Faith. But like, <laughs> I get I think it. We went as like a date, but looking back, it was like I had no intentions of wanting to be with her. I just wanted to see Tim and Faith. <laughs> you want to be with Faith and Tim? I get it. Um, I know I don't have much more time left with you, so I want to ask you anything else you want to clear up about the book. What do you want to tell people about it? I thought it was just so good. I will say, and this is particular to your audience, and you know, I'm I'm a part of your audience. If you don't watch The Bachelor, the book is still for you. I don't want people to think that this right. is I want people to understand that I am more than a bachelorette. And you will get that through this book. You will learn how I became the woman that I am today. But it's not just about knowing me and getting another side of me. I really think there are a lot of lessons. I talk a lot about sex, which I grew up in a very strict religious household. You didn't talk about that. I'm 36 and married and we still don't, but I go there because I think those stories can help someone else. I talk about losing my virginity. I talk about losing my self-worth in relationships and in certain situations. I talk about mental health. I talk about not losing religion, but challenging that religion. I talk about you know, whose life is it that you're living? That's a huge theme in the book of I'm a people pleaser. I'm constantly doing what I'm supposed to and what I'm told. And you see the point in my life where I say, you know what? I'm going to start doing things for me. And the moment I started making that decision, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And it led me to love. It led me to my passion and my purpose. So pick up the book or get it for somebody else. Enjoy it. Yes. And that you did the audio too. Was that hard to sort of relive. I, I just recorded my audiobook and like there are certain moments where it's it gets intense, right? Like it's harder than I thought. I definitely cried. And I, and I like the woman that I worked with was like, if you need a moment, let me know. There were moments I had to get up and walk away. I think you can hear me sniffling during some parts of it. But it's, aren't you glad? Because people are used to hearing your voice, you know? So it's so important that you do the audiobook. And it just brings out a whole nother emotion side. It's, I, I almost wish, and I don't know if you did this when I wrote the book, I wish I would have read it out loud as I was reading it. I mean, yeah. writing it. Yeah. Cause you catch things and, and yeah, the, the fun part for me, I changed a few things with, with the audio book in the moment, right? Like you're, you're, re- you're like, Oh, you know, this will be more fun. And, or this will be, I don't know. You're able to, to play around with it, but it, it's, um, it's such a good process. I'm so proud and excited for everyone to check out this book. We got to take one more quick break. Do not turn off this podcast. We got some more good stuff coming up with Rachel Lindsay right after this. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Last time you were on the show, you got us a lot of press because you talked about some bachelor stuff that I didn't even know about. Anything else you need to, any other problems you need to drop? Well, that was another thing I was blamed for is because people said I broke them up. Me saying that on this podcast broke them up. But I'm here to say, listen, Becca broke up with him and she is living her best life with Tom. Becca was the one with, who was she with? Who was the guy? Garrett. That, Garrett. Okay. The I, I didn't know them. So, but people think that that, me saying that caused the end You know what would help? You know what would help make news and also make me really happy is how do we get Tyler Cameron's nudes? Like what, what, how do we make that happen? <laughs> you know, what's so funny when I did Andy Cohen's radio show, he, out of nowhere, he's like, so talk to me about Tyler Cameron. <laughs> Andy, you know, Tyler, you text him all the time. You're so vocal about that. I don't know how I can help you, but until now you'll have to deal with Kenny's. Us gays are so predictable. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Kenny's nudes. You know, he's my number one, even more than Tyler. I love my Kenny. Kenny is, I love Kenny. Love he's such a good guy. He's so like Chicago Italian guy to me. Like, just like, uh, I love him. I like, I worship. I follow, he's one of the only ones from Bachelor Nation aside from you, I think. And, and maybe Tyler that I follow on social media. I'm like, I love him from afar. He has no idea I exist, but I love him. He's, he's really cool. If you ever met him, you would really like him. Okay. Tyler, we'll work on, we'll work on the news. We'll work on okay. it. I'm sure you're not alone. All right. People, the people are demanding it as, <laughs> uh, as always. I love you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Check out Miss Me With That. It's out this week. Um, buy the hardcover and then listen to the audiobook. That's what I prefer to do. You like, you got to have the hardcover for the coffee table and then you can listen to the audiobook while you're on a hike or a run. Thank you, Danny. Yes, that's the way to do it. Love you, Rachel. Thank you. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. 